Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. There are two words you can add to every situation that changes the outcome entirely, but God. In today's prophecy update, Pastor J.D. encourages us with these two words, No matter what the world looks like, no matter what events take place, no matter how evil things get, but God. He's still in control and on His throne. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 21st, 2020. What's in store for the next 90 days? Hmm. Hmm. America could be brought to her knees in 90 days of highly organized, fierce fighting, sabotage, and massive firestorm. Ladies and gentlemen, they have one and only one solution for all problems. More government, more government, and then more and more until it's total government. And forgive me for saying it one more time, total government is communism. It's important to understand, especially for those who are younger and any discussion of communism is foreign at best. (laughs) It's important to understand that said communism is the perfect storm for this Luciferian and totalitarian control of the Antichrist. You have to understand that when the Antichrist does come on the scene, and we're going to be talking about this in 2 Thessalonians 2 today, when he does come on the scene, he doesn't set anything up. He just flicks the switch. It's already been wired. The conduit has already been ran. The wire's already connected. Everything's ready to go. And all he does is he just flicks the switch to a one-world government, a one-world economy, and a one-world religion. Everything's already been set up. That's all he has to do when he comes on the scene. And by the way, I'm personally of the belief that at that juncture, everything is going to move very fast. It almost has to. Because of the total chaos, which is the whole point, by the way. It's order out of chaos. It's it's this pre-planned order out of chaos, such that 
the current chaos brings the new world order. That's the plan. Now, for the benefit of those who are new to Bible prophecy, uh, this is foretold in Scripture, particularly in two books, the Old Testament book of Daniel and the New Testament book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing to those who hear it, read it, and take it to heart. No other book in the Bible promises a blessing. Actually, the book of Daniel has a profound prophetic parallel to the prophecy that we have in the book of Revelation, specifically chapter 13. And even more specifically, as it relates to the image of the beast and the number of the name of the beast, 666, who demands to be worshipped. In other words, after the rapture and during the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist will have everyone who refuses to take the mark and bow down to him killed. Listen to Revelation chapter 13. I'll read verses 15 through 18. The second beast, verse 15, Revelation 13, was given power to give breath to the image, that's interesting, of the first beast, so that the image could speak and cause all who refuse to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they have the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Daniel chapter 3 verse 1. This is what is known as typology. I love typology. It's maybe better explained as a scripture picture of what's yet to come. This actually happened, but it represents a prophetic type of what is yet to come. Watch this. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image, an image of gold, whose height was, interesting detail, 60 cubits, and it's width six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Verse 4, then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, 
the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down, dare I say, bend the knee and worship, will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Oh my goodness, this is a talk about typology. 60 cubits by 6 cubits with 6 instruments. There's your 666. The image, if you don't bow down and worship the image, you will be killed. This is all a type, and it even is more fascinating than that. Because you know the story, right? You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they refuse to bend their knee and bow and worship this image because they will only worship the true and living God. So guess what? You're going to get thrown into the furnace. And this is not just a furnace, apparently. It's a furnace that has been turned up seven times hotter. It is so hot that the men who threw them in the furnace are burned to a crisp. I'm sorry for the overemphasis, but I think you get the point. And it even gets better than that. Here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. And their clothes, were told, didn't even smell like smoke. And apparently Nebuchadnezzar's watching, waiting for them to just be consumed. And he looks in there, and he says, wait, 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 wait. I, we, we threw three guys in there. I see four. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. <laughs> That's because it is. This is why I know God has a sense of humor. I mean, I know God's got a sense of humor every time I look in the mirror. I just, <laughs> but I know God's got a sense of humor because, so Nebuchadnezzar says, you guys, come out of the furnace. <laughs> if, if I'm Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. You, you threw us in here in the first place. And by the way, uh, Jesus is here saving us in the middle of the seven times hotter fiery furnace, which is a picture, the Jewish people in the midst of the seven year tribulation, when the Antichrist commits the abomination that causes desolation, they will be saved and they will flee for the last three and a half years where God will protect his people. This is a type. Oh, and it even gets better. And some of you know exactly where I'm going with this. This is Daniel chapter 3. This all goes down in Daniel chapter 3. You know what comes before Daniel chapter 3? In Daniel chapter 2, 
we're told that Daniel, after he interprets the dream, is exalted to this high position and is not there. Daniel is a picture of the church who will be taken up and not here during the seven-year tribulation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are a picture of Israel. They go into the tribulation, are saved in the midst of the tribulation. Why? Because the purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Oh, and by the way, the last time I checked, and again, I don't mean to be so snarky, it's a gift. <laughs> but last time I checked my Bible, it was the time of Jacob's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel. Uh, J- who's Jacob? Israel. It's not the time of the church's trouble. It's the time of Israel's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel. Like with Daniel, we're about to go up before all of this goes down, and it's going down. We're we're in Daniel chapter 2, if you will, and what comes after Daniel chapter 2? Daniel chapter 3, the seven-year tribulation. I would submit that this COVID crisis, I use that word, coupled with the lawlessness and chaos already at work, is leading to the aforementioned grand finale. And if you are a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ, you should be so excited. If you're not, you rightfully should be absolutely terrified. Wow, pastor, that's thanks a lot. Well, no, hear me out. If you're watching online, and I say this as lovingly as I possibly can, I would rather scare you into heaven than flatter you into hell. It's coming. It's already here. It's already at work. In order to bring order, the Antichrist will seemingly have, and I'm going to use this phrase, the final solution, and implement his global system of world control. Thus, he will be worshipped, and even demand worship as God in the midst of the seven-year tribulation, at which time Israel will flee to the wilderness, many believe, present company included, Petra in modern-day Jordan. You might tire of me saying this, 
but I say it nonetheless. We are on the cusp of the imminent rapture of the church, which could literally happen at any time now. I believe that with all of my heart, and I have never believed it as much as I do today. Every day. If there was ever a time to move everyone every day closer to Jesus, (laughs) it's today. While we still have time, there's no more time. We're out of time. We're at the bottom of the ninth inning, if I could borrow a baseball metaphor. It's the final seconds of the fourth quarter. Okay. God knows my heart, and I hope you'll kindly indulge me for the remainder of our time together as I share my heart with what the Lord has put on my heart. So the last three months I've learned a lot, and I'm very grateful to many of you and those of you online that have sent me information, and oh my goodness, a lot of information. I've just learned so much, and I in as much as the Lord has enabled me by the Holy Spirit, I've done my best to keep you apprised of the prophetic significance of everything that is happening in the world today. And I mean, I, I get it. I know that what I've been talking about concerning what's coming has been very disturbing, to say the least. But the truth of the matter is, this is a matter of truth. This is the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. It's not only a matter of truth, it's a matter of life and death. That's the urgency of the hour that we are in. While many have come to the Lord or back to the Lord because of this crisis. And certainly we rejoice as we see this happening with many ministries whose church doors were shut, which (laughs) kind of reminds me of what Jesus had John write to the church of Philadelphia. When when I shut a door, no man's going to open it. And when I open a door, no man's going to shut it. So here you have man as it were, shutting the door to the church. And God's like, oh really? Watch me now. And the reach with the physical doors shut, I would argue, has been the likes of which we have never seen before. So many people have come to Christ or returned to their first love, because of this crisis. I think about, I think it's in Isaiah, that God makes even the wrath of man to praise Him. Oh, I like that. 
the wrath of man in the end is going to praise and bring praise to God and bring people to the Lord. It's Genesis 50-20, and, and I know you tire of me saying this too, but it's my favorite verse in all of the Bible, with all the other verses in the Bible, but this one in particular, where Joseph says to his brothers, what, what you did to me, you meant it for evil, but God, those two words, but God, oh man, it just changes everything. But God meant it for good to bring it about for the salvation of many this day. <laughs> the evil of man, and it is evil, but God. I can almost imagine in heaven, the, the whole of the heavenly host, Going, oh man, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Look what they're trying to do. So certainly we rejoice that many have come to the Lord or back to the Lord because of this crisis. However, there have been those who have been exposed, and I'll explain what I mean the pre-tribulation rapture of the church is closer than any of us could ever imagine. Yet there are those who just want to argue and fight. This, instead of fighting the good fight of faith, reaching the lost, and snatching as many people out of the fire of hell before it's too late. As I was inquiring of the Lord, He led me to Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 3. Here the prophet inquires of the Lord concerning why it is that he must continue to see sin and misery all around him, and if this weren't bad enough, wherever he looks, he sees destruction and violence, and all add lawlessness for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons, while at the same time being surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. When Paul writes to the churches in Galatia, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. He admonishes them, even rebukes them. Listen to what he says to them. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. I think about what Jesus said, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he has succeeded in large measure at getting the body of Christ to do his dirty work for him and instead of him. Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. 
Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store, or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.